Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host, Eric Trexler. And Rachel, we're actually here together for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And where is here? Cabo San Lucas. Cabo San Lucas. How awesome is it here? For anyone that's never been, right? It's amazing. It's great. And there are no cybersecurity issues in Cabo San Lucas, I don't, I don't think. At all. Other than they have a lot of QR codes they want us to scan, so which I'm not QR a fan codes. of. So many QR codes, right. Not a fan of that. That's a vulnerability pathway, I think. Uh, for a lot of things. For all the good that a QR code can do, it can show you a menu, it can give you you know, so much information. It can also give you malware, it can also do things to your device. I am not a QR code fan, personally. Well, but it's, but. it's that or nothing here, because they don't give you printed anything anymore, so uh, it's the wave of the future, my friend. I am painfully aware. So who do we have today as our guest? We have each other. We have each other. What do we have on the, what do we have on the uh, agenda for today? We've got a lot of timely topics, actually. Okay. I'm really, really excited. I, we're going to talk about some of these, uh, the alerts that we're seeing out there. I'm not going to, uh. we're going to save some of that. We've got RSA coming up. I know there have been some developments, Colonial Pipeline, um, and a really interesting uh, impact of ransomware on, uh, on a university outside of in. in in Illinois, easy for me to say. Why don't we start there? Okay, so Lincoln College right. uh, is about a 157-year-old school. It's, okay. it's been through the Great Depression, the, the 1918 pandemic with the, the flu, the Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. Right, they've been through world wars, 157 years in existence. Um, COVID comes, right? right, and then that was pretty bad. And then last fall, ransomware hit. And now uh, that impacted all of their recruiting. So they weren't prepared for ransomware. They right. didn't have the backups. They exactly. It's it's a small school. It's like okay. eight hundred students. You know, it's in rural Illinois, and um, it, they're like a small and medium business. And they just uh, I, I don't want to say they were unprepared, but obviously this this ransomware really impacted them because they couldn't do recruiting. They lost a lot of money, and now they have to close the school. And they paid the ransom, I believe, correct? It was $100,000, yeah. Okay, they, they paid pay 100000 But you could imagine the loss of the recruiting, you know, the loss of the funding of students, then that's a huge hit. And so 157 years in, COVID plus ransomware, they no longer exist. That's heartbreaking. So they're out of business. Out of business, for And good. it's a historically black college or university. Exactly, I yes. looked at. I actually looked it up. There were 101 maybe a hundred now, right. historically black colleges and universities left in America, down from about 130 some, as I remember, mm -hmm. in the, back in the uh, 1930s, 1940s. Yes, exactly. It's heartbreaking. You know, these smaller schools, I mean, they're like SMBs, um, and they're just not prepared for a lot of these cybersecurity incidents happening. And, you know, ransomware, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, if you back up, is that your get out of jail free card? I mean, is, does it back up and we're done? I mean, I know that's a lot of the guidance that's being given. Yeah, I was at a dinner meeting where there was a, a deep debate. We're here for a work trip, by the way. Right. Rachel and I aren't podcasting from around the world. Well, we are, but not just to fly around and, and podcast from Cabo San Lucas. But it's a work trip, and I was talking to 
one of our technologists and his wife, who's also in the industry. Yes. And the debate was backup, right? If you back everything up, are you protected from right. ransomware? One of the individuals worked at a non-cybersecurity company mm -hmm. who happens to do backup. Oh. And the debate was, well, if you're backed up, you know, don't worry about that ransomware. Just restore from backup and continue going. And, you know, I, I've, I've got a pretty deep technology background right. and in storage. And I right. said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not that easy. Right. I right. mean, for instance, if, if you get hit with malware, especially if they linger before they actually activate anything, we know they like you might do. be backing up corrupted data. Exactly. You might be backing up the malware. So when you restore it, depending yes. on what type of malware it is. I mean, we saw with Saudi Aramco, yeah. I forget, it was, it was tens of thousands. I want to say it was 30 to 50,000 mm -hmm. endpoints that they scrapped and replaced because somebody brought malware into the business via USB drive. So what you're saying, there's no silver bullet. Well, there, we know in cyber <laughs> there are no silver bullets. What I'm saying is backup is important, right? You yes. have to have timely backups. Mm -hmm. You've got to have good backups. Absolutely. You have to have off-site backups. The, in the business, you've got to have your backups in at least three, three yes. locations. Yes. With at least one remote place, right? Because you could right. have a hurricane, a tornado, a fire. Exactly. Malicious intent, you name it. But you also have to be able to recover. You've got to practice, which is, I think, the piece a lot of businesses piece. and organizations don't have time, right. money, they just don't pay attention to it. They don't recover. Exactly. They don't practice recovery. Right. So backups are critically important, but we had this big debate. It was a three and a half hour dinner, so I think we all got exhausted. It was probably about 11.30 <laughs> or so as we were in the, the backup topic right. and malware to, and ransomware topics. So we, uh, we moved on. Um, but I did do a, a, a quick, I got back to the room about 12.30. It was literally a three and a half an hour, an hour dinner. Um, because of the service. Um, not bad, just long, yes. long dinner. But I went back and I searched mm -hmm. to try to find anything on what percentage of ransomware victims mm -hmm. recover from backup successfully or unsuccessfully. Okay, what'd you find? Very, very Very little. little right? okay. I spent about an hour. Um, I don't know that a study's ever been done. I don't know how you would do a study, an accurate study, You'd have to find some way of, of finding the entire population of ransomware victims. Exactly. Or, or at least a sample, an right. accurate that are, sample that are size. That willing to be part of it or admit that they've been victims of A representative ransomware. sample. Right. right. And see what they did, how they did it. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people would be willing to talk about it. I don't think a lot That's of people would know. My hunch, and mm -hmm. I'm going to keep searching, maybe we'll talk about this on a future show. My hunch is that it's not a high success rate, just having been in the business. It's, it's not that straightforward. You know, but no. one idea I've been thinking about, Eric, okay. I, you know, this is a new one we haven't talked about yet. Um, I, people want to talk about, they want to share their experiences in cybersecurity, right? I mean, Some people. We all like to kind of, you know, help others learn, but also just share, this is crazy what we're living through. So one of these ideas I was playing with was, you know, could we give cybersecurity professionals an avenue to anonymously share their stories. You know, kind of like you're in the witness protection program, your voice is modulated, you're in the dark, no one can see you, and you could share stories without giving away, you know, the company or necessarily the industry 
or yourself. We could do that on the podcast. We could Wouldn't put that in, be wonderful? We could, we could find a way to, to connect with people who want to share. Exactly. Obfuscate the details. Interesting thought. I know. So but anyone interested should do, reach out. Absolutely, right? I think people do share openly to, to an extent. Right. It's certainly becoming better. can't share. Remember the beginning of COVID? Everybody was like, mm-hmm. we can't talk about who has COVID, HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA. Right, right. I, I've run into so many people over the last weeks and months where they're like, I've had COVID three times. The first I'm, thing they say, yeah, don't, don't worry, I've had COVID. I'm I okay. just got over COVID. <laughs> I mean, I think as, right. as prevalence increases, and I think this applies to cybersecurity attacks, I don't want to say you become numb, but you become more tolerant, more willing to discuss. And I think there is a component where you have to, we have to talk about what we're experiencing. Exactly. Especially as as quickly as it moves, right? So I'm calling it the Mass CISO. Let's call it the Mass CISO series. If, If anyone wants to come participate... We'd love to share your story. Because we don't use video. We don't need the mask. No video, right. We'll modulate your voice. It'll be completely anonymous, and you can share your story. Because that's a lot to keep with you, too, some of these really significant okay, stories. Okay, for, for any listeners out there who have a really good story and they just can't talk about it publicly, or they can, reach out to right. us. Leave us some feedback. Reach us at uh, eric.trexler. I'm going to regret this. At <laughs> forcepointgov.com or rachel.lion at forcepoint.com. Mine has a forcepointgov.com. That's right. And Rachel's is forcepoint. But send us an email. That would be great. We'll get you on the show if you have a good story. Absolutely. And we'll share it with all of our listeners. And you don't have to wear a mask because it's a podcast. Exactly. Totally protected. Which I think this is a really good entry point. What were we reading that the CyberWire? Okay. Um, they have launched a CISA cybersecurity alerts um, audio feed. So it's a public service audio feed for urgent cybersecurity advisories. And you were just telling me there was something like 28 ICS advisories. Yeah, so they, they characterize it as a. Uh, let me just make sure I'm clear here, an unusually large number of industrial control system advisories. Okay. And I think this will lead into our next topic, but there were 28 advisories released on, uh, I believe, the 12th of May. Wow. Happened to be my birthday. That was but 28 yesterday. advisories. Oh, that's right. right. Happy birthday, Eric. 25 of them mm-hmm. were related to Siemens. Wow. So I don't know what happened. Somebody right. was either, somebody had to be focused on Siemens products. Nothing bad about Siemens. I mean, everybody has issues. And then Mitsubishi and, and Delta Electronics and Cambian. I, I don't even know some of these um, products and organizations, but 28 advisories. That's and the crazy. first thing that came to mind was, you think that's high. I think that's low. I mean, hundreds of thousands, millions of right. vulnerabilities are out there. Mm-hmm. Many are disclosed every week. But the real question, Rachel, I had when I saw this was, who's actually looking at this and taking action? And how many devices are out there at each organization? Right. And are we updating them? So I looked into a couple of the ICS advisories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it points back to patches and and things to do. Right. It seems like a lot of work. Wow. And it is. It is. It is a lot of work. I don't, I, we, we need to find a way to automate 
the the updates and the patching. I mean, in IT, patching is a mess. Right. And we've been at it for decades trying. There, there are systems out there, there are programs, applications yeah. that just do patching people pay millions of dollars for. Exactly. I don't know that that translates into the ICS world. I don't, I don't know that it does. And I mean, the flip side, and we've talked a little bit about this as well, though, um, you know, those organizations that are so far behind on patching sometimes avoid the pain of what's going around because they're not on the most current version or even the last 10 versions of something. So it's similar to a COBOL application, but I think (laughs) you're, uh, maybe, I don't know. That's, uh, you, that's like saying, well, I don't, I don't want to ever run out of gas or I don't want to have engine failure. So I'm going to have a horse and buggy. Exactly. I'm protected from fuel cost increases. I'm protected from an engine failing. You still have to feed the horse. You still, and you're not going as fast. The horses do live a long time though. So I think they're probably more expensive than vehicles over the long run. Maybe. I don't know. It's something to think about. I think we still need to figure out more on the ICS front. Absolutely. So speaking of that. Okay. Speaking of Colonial pipeline. Colonial pipeline. We have some news this week. They just can't. They're just. They're always in the news. They can't what were they escape find? it. I mean, now we're, now, now, what, what did they pay for ransomware? Well, I think it was around $5 million, but they were yeah. able to, I think, claw back almost half of that, right? The, the government pulled back from yes. what I researched. I'm assuming it's accurate. $2.3 million, almost half of their money. Which is, a, that's a lot to get back. It's unfortunate they lost the other, other bout, though. Right. So, so pipelines, I don't think a lot of people know this, but pipelines are regulated by the Department of Transportation. Sure. Okay. okay. So the Department of Transportation, specifically the Department of Transportation's Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. Okay. Let me just check that. There's no cyber in there in any way, shape, or form. No. Has issued a list of probable violations and proposed compliance order for them. Interesting. Um, these are the, these are the largest pipeline organization in the in the country, the United States, and they're proposing a fine of $986,400 wow. due to violations, including control room management, failure to follow procedures such as a point-to-point verification for documenting SCADA displays and failure to comply with field equipment for 87 safety-related pressure transmitter alarms in 2019. They did not verify 17, 18, and all of 19. They didn't go through it all. Okay. Um, I don't hear cybersecurity anywhere in there. I'm betting other pipelines probably have similar concerns. Absolutely. They were in the press. We had people filling plastic bags with gasoline. Remember those days? Yes. We talked about it on the show a little bit. We have all these problems. The industrial control systems from everything that was reported yep. were not part of the problem, right? The billing system, they couldn't bill. That was the problem, Remember right? that? It backed everything up, exactly. Nothing about cybersecurity. I mean, do we not have the regulatory? I mean, is the government saying, hey, this is how we're going to try to enforce better cybersecurity hygiene? I don't know how to read into this. I don't know what, you know, the intent is here. But a million dollar fine, just under a million bucks, for all of the chaos that was created. I mean, Canelino Pipeline wasn't, uh, you know, we could say they were targeted. I think they were just tripped over. Right. 
but it happened. Exactly. And what if they were targeted and they had all of these challenges? Right. Are pipelines going to go out and, and, and say, are, are organizations, critical infrastructure organizations going to go out there and say, I need to do something. I need to be better prepared right. in a cybersecurity world mm -hmm. or we'll just pay the million dollar fine. Because it's a million bucks. And we were going to pay five to the... It's the risk calculus, right? Is, I think it was Conti. Wasn't it Conti? It... That attacked Colonial? I believe so. Um, they've changed names so yeah, often, Yeah, and right? I, I can't, re I can't uh, remember anymore. It was, it There's so many ago, answers. Like 10 years but regardless, ago. they were more than happy to pay five million. I'm going to assume they're going to be more than happy to get off with $986,400 <laughs> for those fines. I want to see how they got to that number. That's that's crazy. I don't think it makes an impact. It, it doesn't, but that's the thing, right? You're, you're, you're running through like the decision calculus of what's going to cost me more money near term, long term, right? You know, your risk calculus. And for a lot of them, it's just easier to say, you know what, let's, let's just pay the fine and keep on keeping on, you know, because there's still a lot of that thinking, you know, it's, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, you know, and then when it does, you get the spotlight shined on you and, and people start digging into to your company, which is not always, always a good thing. Uh, nobody's perfect, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, That's crazy, though. It's an interesting one. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I don't know where... I don't know where this goes, but yeah. I don't think this is the watershed event. We've always, we always talk right. about there has to be some kind of catastrophic event in the industry to make things yeah. change. Clearly, this is not the catastrophic event. No. no. Well, what is, it, what is that going to take, right? I mean, it's, there have been so many crazy events, huge events, and we're still not at bottom, which can be frightening if you think about it too long. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, we, we, we've got some challenges out there and I don't know what's going to fix it. But we do have an event coming up. We do where this could be discussed and great minds getting I'm, together. I'm sure Colonial Pipeline and the event um, that they dealt with will be coming up at the first RSA. Yes, in person. Which in, you're, you're running again. We yes. had you first time on the show. You were not a host even. That's right. Was at RSA 2019? 20, it was 20. Yes. Just prior to COVID. With our former CTO, Nico Fischbach. Yes. Ex that's right. We surprised you. Yes. And you didn't think you were on the show. You thought you were watching the show. And <laughs> you became the main guest. And now so here is fun. your show. Wow. Like everything in life, you take it over. Your show. You just let me come on and hang No, up. it's your show. <laughs> um, but we have RSA. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, first RSA in two years. Yes. It got moved because of Omicron. Exactly. Right. Right. So it was, it was supposed, supposed to be, to be early in February. February. Right. And then they pushed it out to June. So it's like June 6th through 9th. 9th. Yes. Right. By the way, June 6th is uh, 1944 was D-Day. Oh. The invasion of Normandy Allied forces going into occupied France. Oh, Hopefully wow. there's nothing related there. And it's a it's a good show and it doesn't start <laughs> with a bang. Um, but, but seriously, I mean, we're back two years later. Yes. It's been moved. I know it's been a ton of tr pressure yes. and stress on you moving an entire show. You put a ton of time and effort into it's, this. It's a, yeah, it takes a village. I mean, this is, this is a huge event for what us. What are your year. predictions? How many people go 
versus say, I'm not going to a, a super spreader event. I think, I don't even know if we call them or it's safe or I, I don't feel like going to San Francisco right now or I'm exhausted or, or I need to get out of the house. I'm going to RSA. Exactly. I think it's all of the above. Okay. Eric. Interestingly, you know, we've been talking to a lot of people and, and who's going and, and a lot of people are taking a wait and see approach. Uh, even for, now. I mean, we're now, in right. mid-May. But it's for a number of reasons, right? I mean, the timing is not usually when RSA has their show. It's usually right. going to be in the early in, spring, exactly, March late winter-ish time frame a lot of the time. And so now we're running into summer vacations, graduations, you know, on top of, you know, people are still a little bit wary, right? End of, of school. going to in-person events, right? End of school. My son's out of school this year for some reason. Before RSA kicks off, I think it's the 3rd of June or 2nd of June. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So we've got all of these kind of cascading events on RSA this year. I think it's still going to be a great turnout. Um, you know, we, we I know there's now, a ton of parties happening. are you saying that because you want it to be? Happening. I, I mean, maybe. But no, it's, I'm hearing really good feedback on, you know, a lot of people want to get out. You know, and, and some people are, haven't been out in a long time, so it's like they've lost their travel mojo. But then once you get there, kind of like Cabo. I think some people are kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about traveling, but then you get here, and it's amazing. Right. And you get to see all these people you haven't who seen. you haven't in, seen in two years exactly, who are in the industry. In person. In 20,000 people? I think, I think that's fair. What do you I, think? I think, because um, what was it, AWS, I think they had about a 30% drop-off for the event in December, if oh, I'm so remembering correctly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, no I think we could apply the same math here. So, so if there's a 30% drop-off from their usual, I What think did we do 20K. in 2020 when it really wasn't impacted by COVID at the time? Well, there was a drop-off, though, remember, because companies like IBM um, decided not to sponsor. They didn't want to go to the show. So you did see a drop-off. Oh, you're right, you're right. So I think we could see 2020 numbers here at the 2022 show, which I think was around 20K, if, you know, give or so take. So you're expecting about 20,000 people at the show? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's a great show, and people are going to be there, you know, what's going on? You know, they haven't seen anything in person. They want to get hands-on with whatever's new. Okay. And there's some really significant things happening in the industry. I mean, as you know, right, Security Service Edge, SASE. It's a hot topic right now, platforms. Well, there, there's a ton of hot topics. Well, I mean, cybersecurity does nothing but, but gets more and more important and, and exactly. in front of you and and so i get it okay i'm excited anyway. so you're excited i'll be well, there yeah. you're gonna be there i think the we'll do a week. show from there yes absolutely if anybody wants to get on the show or watch the show shoot us an email absolutely we'll do our best to uh, make that happen and uh, we'll probably do that we're in the st regis i think this we year, are right? we're back st. in st regis, regis right off moscone year. center right off north Yes. North. <laughs> it's north. We're close to the W. I know that. And then the Moscone. Center, okay. So, so we'll be there yeah. recording. We'll, we'll record a show while Absolutely. we're out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And anyone awesome. wants to stop by, please do. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll we can get some terrace. great guests while we're out there. Maybe we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit. Okay. So you're, you're a big fan of RSA. I am. This year's events you transform think it's be great. too, which is wonderful, right? I That's think the, it's, the theme? It's transform? It's theme. Yeah. What do they mean by that? Well, industry and transformation. I mean, I think this is going to be a really catalyst year for cybersecurity coming out of COVID and, and okay. all of the implications of that, of how we've changed like work how we work. from anywhere. Exactly. And, okay. Right? I mean, it's we're changed society in how we work and live. And security has to evolve with that. So I think we're going to see some really, really interesting things come out of RSA this year. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. 
Okay, I can't <laughs> wait. It's uh, less than a month away. It is. So we are in the final glide path right now. It's TikTok, TikTok, my friend. Yeah, it's going to be here. And uh, we're going to, we'll be on the show floor again, I think, with a lot of the other companies that have been joining us. So um, really, really strong presence from the industry this year there. So it's going to be good. Awesome. I feel confident saying that. Okay. Okay. So before I hit the pool, <laughs> which I spent about seven hours in yesterday, yeah. I, I was pruned. You have a but great I'm, tan. You have a great tan. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Nobody can see us, but <laughs> what? Uh, any, anything else of, of interest? Anything else on the show? Well, I do want to say, Eric, we love when we get listener feedback. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about education and the importance of you know, cyber, right, as part of uh, MBA curriculum. You want to be a CEO or you want to help lead a company. Understanding cybersecurity today in business is critical. Right? Agreed. It's, it's an enabler of business, but it's also the cost of doing business. And I want to thank, I think it's someone in your organization, Brett Buskey, who okay. had reached out and let us know that at Clemson, their MBA program uh, includes an MIS course. Because they they okay. know right if if you're going to be you know leading a business or you know part of any kind of financial implications for business, uh, you really need to understand the security too that goes with that. So thanks, Brett, for calling that out. We love to hear about schools that are helping drive this forward. So Clemson University has an MBA program which includes uh, a a one like a single course to like really MIS course, yeah. Dip I mean, your I'm toes sure you can in. take more, but it's part of the it's part of the required curriculum. Exactly, which is wonderful. It's not okay. an elective which I think is so smart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to Maryland back in the day, they had a, uh, I'm trying to think what it was. It was, it was essentially a diversity course you okay. had to take. Mm -hmm. And I took women in, oh boy, I'm trying to think, women in the arts, I believe. Okay. Where I was first exposed to Frida Kahlo. Oh, wow. How was and that? And there's a That's restaurant here called Frida. Isn't that crazy? And it's delicious, by the way. I don't know if you've been there yet. I, I, I have been, but it was, it, it was something I would have never done, except I had to do it. Right. And it really opened my eyes to exactly. something that I probably wouldn't have experienced or I would have experienced in a different way. Isn't it um, wonderful? Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love, you know, it, it was interesting to me. I, I love women musicians and sure. you know, I, female vocalists are the best for me, but you know, Georgia O'Keefe and, and, mm -hmm. and, but it was really a great course. So I think this will open people's eyes exactly. on the cybersecurity conversation and you and I can revisit, you know, should it be infused into the business, yes. my perspective, or do we need to have specific people, which I think is more your near-term perspective, right? right? The BSO and exactly. you know, merging the business and As the IT evolve. and the yes. cyber. I think we both agree it's not happening fast enough. The, no. the integration in the business unit isn't happening fast no. enough. But I think the key conversations are happening. You know, with you start right in your MBA programs, but also yeah. more and more senior executives are, are wanting to have conversations with the CISO versus, you know, kind of just waiting for a report to hit their desk. And well, I think they need to also because exactly. members of the board are asking those hard questions. As well they should, right? I mean, Agreed. we've talked about fiduciary responsibility that's going to hit them should there be a data breach. and Or, well, you know. or look at pipe, Colonial Pipeline. Exactly. Yeah. Right? If they had asked some questions, maybe they would have been more prepared. Exactly. Not to pick on Colonial Pipeline. At all. But, no. You it's, know, it happens to any of us. Or, yeah. or Lincoln... Lincoln College. Exactly. Right? There are a lot of other colleges that would be just as, as acceptable today. Exactly. And to wrap up the show, I think backups are critically important. <laughs> I'm not sure they're enough. <laughs> but it's a starting place. At least it's something. You know, I mean, it's if you're going to do one thing, at least do that. 
well, yeah, as, a, as, a, as a data storage expert from early in his career, you can take cybersecurity totally off the table. Mm -hmm. You should still have multiple yes. and offsite backups, at least three independent copies that yep. you test and verify on a routine basis mm -hmm. and you know how to restore because somebody could just make a mistake. Exactly. Exactly. And it's very easy to do. Okay. Very easy. So we're so. back to... We're back to disconnected podcast yes. next week again. Exactly. Exactly. It is but it was so fun. awesome looking in your eyes, though, and doing the show together. <laughs> it is so much better. This is so much more fun than you being off video. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you. So, once again, huge thank you to all of our listeners for joining us this week. Um, you know, we look forward to catching back up with you next week. But in the meantime, as you know, don't forget. Eric, you want to say it with me? Smash, Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. And go listen. We have 180 plus episodes. Yes. We've been doing this almost four years. Yes. Every Tuesday, a new release. So go listen to the old episodes too. There is really some durable content there. There really is. But thank yeah. you listeners for everything. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. So until next time, Take stay care, safe. Rachel. Back to the pool. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. 